Kane is in the building. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another 3P podcast. This is our ninth season, the fourth episode. I am your host, Josh Fromwitz, and once again, I am joined by Alex Castle, DJ Hummel, Steven Bonazzo. We got a special episode episode for all you listeners. We got Jack Berkowitz, a freshman All-American kicker from Elon University. Jack, welcome to the 3P podcast. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. So Happy you, to be here. If that last name sounds familiar familiar for all you listeners, you might be remembering correctly. We had his brother Will on years and years ago. So it's a nice little full circle family moment here, having his more athletic younger brother, <laughs> uh, Jack on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> different rats, different rats. Will was, the, <laughs> right. Will was the wrestler. Jack is the football player. So, Jack, welcome. We're excited to have you talk all things football and your journey and how you ended up at Elon. So I want to get started with that. So just talk to us about what that recruitment process was like. So the, towards the back end of, co- of high school into uh, the beginning stages of, co- of college for you. Right. So uh, my mentor there was uh, my coach uh, based in Charlotte, uh, Dan Orner. He uh, he's really he, he gave me some great insight on that. And uh, I mean, honestly, I'd say a lot of that was Twitter, honestly, as funny as it sounds. Um, you really as especially as a kicker, as a specialist, um, you really just have to keep uploading videos and just be persistent with uh, just showing coaches and tagging coaches uh you know with what videos of what you can do there so um twitter is a big one and then uh going to a lot of camps during the summer you got to like really just go out and get in front of some coaches eyes and and show them what you can do so um and then obviously there's a lot of training and and stuff that goes into it and uh yeah so dan Dan Orner there was was a huge huge asset for sure so i just want to follow up on that before the i let the boys jump in talk to talk to me more about like how you got those videos out because from a casual standpoint, it sounds very simple for all of us who are non-kickers that when we see right. recruiting videos for a kicker, it's just kicking the ball through the upright. So how did you try to make yourself stand out with these videos or yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, I would go on there, and, and that was kind of my thing, is there's something that had to make me different, right? Uh, so I go on, I see a lot of guys, with, I mean, just crazy technique, whatever, but uh, – and and just, like, they just post one kick, you know, like one kick from whatever, the biggest ball they can hit that day, like 58 yards or something. And, and which is all great, you know, but what coaches really want to see is is consistency. And no one is posting – 20 kicks in a row from 45 yards, you know, no one's doing that. So I was like, all right, like that's, that's my, that's going to be my niche, you know? And uh, so that was my thing really was just posting multiple kicks every time. And obviously every once in a while, you know, I, I'd post that just high, perfect, pretty ball, you know, from whatever 50 plus, but uh, 
that was my thing was trying to really tag the coaches and show them what made what set me apart, which was that consistency. And that's really fascinating because like Josh said, when, when you look at recruiting for most of these positions, it's catching, it's running. If you're on defense, it's tackling. If you know, specifically you're a D back, it's how you handle zone and man. So I definitely think it's not only cool for us to learn, but the listeners too, that's how you kind of give yourself an edge as a kicker. So what I want to turn uh, my question to is kind of a little more of your back, uh, not the backstory necessarily, but kind of your process with going from high school to college, because before we start recording, you talked about how you started your, your freshman year, but really didn't pick up until your junior year, which junior, senior year, that's a very critical moment, not only for the recruiting process, um, but in general, just figuring out what you're going to do for college. So to say that you really, you know, when you really started with those two years where you really started to pick it up, what what was it like to start to just get into, you know, really get serious with a junior, senior year, and then boom, you're at Elon, your freshman year. What was that transition like from, from high school to college? Right. Yeah. Um, so it was really, uh, there wasn't really an aha moment there where I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, it's kind of just a transition where I just kind of realized that I was kind of just falling in love with this, this new thing I was doing, which was just kicking footballs. And, and, uh, you know, again, Dan Orner, uh, my coach is, I have a lot to thank him there for, uh, just be, just learning all the technique and stuff and, and how much you can do and, and all the different habits you can build that will make you the best, you know, he, um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of outside the stuff, outside the box stuff I do now. Um, but back then, I was really just—I mean, for the, a lot of it was just following his lead and um, and just uh, yeah. So um, really, the technique I think is what got me into it. Is just the the ability to just me- mentally just make yourself just repeat the same movement every time and make create the same result. Um, and so yeah, just kind of uh, just fell in love with the the sport really. So jumping from, just want to follow up with that, jumping from senior year of high school to this year, your freshman year, what what were yeah. some of the big uh, changes or challenges you would say you faced jumping from high school ball to college ball? Like, was there one real aspect that you, uh, it took you longer to adjust or really you just kind of had that mindset right when you graduated, you know, everything you learned from your mentor. So the transition from high school to follow to college football was more seamless. Right. All right. Uh, so yeah, I, I graduated early, uh, my senior year of high school, I graduated in December. Um, and then I had about a month, month and a half there just between, you know, when I graduated and when I was going to be at Elon, which was actually right about now, um, it's probably close to a year ago today, actually. Um, uh, just starting there with the spring semester so I mean I just did a lot of training myself there um, and then honestly I got here and we rolled right into spring ball um, and the, tr- the transition there was really the op time like this the time from uh, snap to hold to kick really snap to kick you know uh, I mean they it's very specific there you got to get a one three or less and, and you, you better not be slower because it's getting blocked you know and uh, so that was a big change for me because uh, we didn't focus on that much at all in high school. I was probably in the one fives, you know. Um, and so it was just faster, you know. And, and so 
you know, it's, it's a quicker process. You're doing a lot of reps, you know, and then you're doing all that along with a new lifting card. Um, just heavy, just picking up a lot of, uh, just heavy weights and nothing I hadn't done before or nothing I wasn't ready for, but it's just uh, getting into it was, uh, you know, interesting. And, and then obviously the team aspect too, just getting around the guys and, um, you know, they're not used to, they had a great kicker here, uh, before me, uh, Skylar Davis, who's, uh, all American and he, he was, he was a badass really. And, uh, so there's big shoes to fill there. And I, I don't think that, um, you know, obviously you got to earn that, earn those rights to, to, have them look at you like you're filling those shoes right so uh just stepping up and and had a a great spring honestly for the most part uh, there were some up, ups and downs there for sure like just mentally and, and just you know, getting into the swing of things but uh overall i, I had a, a solid spring i'd say out of like all the potential places you could have landed uh like what made you choose elon like was there yeah. anything, specific, anything specific that drew you in or was there multiple things like tell us about a few things if if you can right yeah um so i had i mean i had a, a few options um coming out of high school really just i mean gardner webb i had a, a, a scholarship there um and I, was, and I was very close to the coaching staff um and that, that was a solid opportunity for me but um i really wanted to go bigger and probably a little farther away from home and uh elon kind of reached out actually on twitter uh the specialist coach he found me and, and he loved like the technique and, and all the stuff he was seeing there and uh, they obviously their all-american kicker had just graduated so they're they're looking for a, uh, a guy there and um and so he reached out and then we we kind of got in contact and i was sending films throughout the season and stuff and uh, and they just really kept in touch, you know, and, and honestly talking to coaches and, um, and when coach Trish came to the school, you know, to offer me, uh, coach Trish, the head coach, uh, that was, you know, super cool to see, right. And a person making that big drive down there, um, to come see me was, was awesome. And then really when I got on the, on campus is, is when I, I kind of put that switch. I realized that that was this is this place I wanted to be. Um, just, I mean, it's a beautiful campus and, and learning about the education. It's, it's a hell of a degree here. Um, and the coaches and, and honestly, the guys learning about the culture really, it's, it's a, it's a lot different um, than a lot of the programs. Uh, so I've been told from the transfers that have, that have come in from other places, uh, just the brotherhood is, is really what I, a, part, a lot, a big part of what uh, made me choose a lot for sure. Now you mentioned transfers and I think, the big talk of college football right now is the transfer portal. I mean, it just like yeah. it, it's been eating up just the college news lately. And I think you're starting to see a lot of co college coaches retiring and leaving because of the portal. Um, right. So I just want to kind of get your insight from being a athlete, especially at the division one level playing the sport where you see the transfer portal at its like Midas. Um, now, whether it's impacting you or not, but like, how do you uh, like a day to day? I mean, are there schools, especially with the NIL? I mean, like, are there schools that reach out to you or your teammates trying to poach you? Um, I don't know if like, you know, if you guys kind of do the same things to other players from other schools, like kind of what is that like? Um, because from, you know, we see it from the outside, like, oh, shoot, like this guy's entering the portal, like here's his options. Uh, but I kind of want to see it from an inside, like an actual program and how it will how it affects a program and individual players and coaches. So talk to you a little bit more about that, if you don't mind. 
Yeah. Um, so we actually, this, this season, we brought in a, a transfer punter. Um, and that was probably my, my first, like, real experience with that kind of stuff is, like, how that goes. And I mean, it's kind of – I mean, it's it's exactly – it's pretty simple. You know, like, they just kind of come in like a like a recruiter or a freshman or anybody, and and uh, and, and they just – they're part of the team now. You know, and we had a bunch of transfers actually just come in yesterday, um, just getting started with the spring semester, you know. And so, I mean, they come in and, and uh, just slowly just get into the, the mix with the team and um, and I mean, uh, uh, Coach Trish always tries to bring in, you know, good guys that are going to match the brotherhood. Uh, obviously, talent is what they're looking for, but they're looking for that uh, personality stuff, too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just they, it just takes some time, really, to get to know those guys. And, I mean, there's so many guys on the team. It, it just really take, does take some time to build those relationships. But then as far as the field goes, um, I mean, you just, you know, it, you're, they're bringing them in to have an opportunity to win the spot and an opportunity to compete or maybe even push the guy that they are thinking will win the spot. You know, like there's uh, a lot of speculation there, but I mean, it's just, it's whoever's the best is going to get on the field ultimately. So, um, I mean, money is a part of that for sure. Like if you're on full versus if you're, you know, not on scholarship or on a partial, you know, that, that all that stuff matters. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the coaches are, are, are not biased when it comes to talent. So, uh, they see talent. They're gonna they're gonna get you the money. And they're gonna get you on the field. Kind of and I just kind of um want to follow just with a little smaller question with that too. Do you think it takes away from the development of players like for coaches? Because it seems like at least with the big time like SEC, Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve, like these schools, like they almost reach into the portal to fill needs instead of recruiting and developing it. It's almost like <clears throat> let's just go get like here's an edge guy. We need an edge in this. You know edge guy just right. entered let's just go to get in without developing our own guys let's just go get this guy who's already established so like do you think it yeah. takes away from the development or do you think it's just like maybe just now the state of the game i don't know right yeah i mean there's there's different sides to it like elon specifically we are a developmental program so we will not i mean coach will take zero transfers if he can you know he he is not looking to get in the transfer portal at all but that's just not the case. You know, sometimes, I mean, it, it's a great asset at the same time, right? So if there is a spot that we need to fill um, or some guys that we need to bring in, like we will, and we will do that, uh, you know, to, to our best interest, obviously. But, um, I mean, I think last year we brought in – it was a single-digit number, I think, of the transfers, you know, and then I think we have a few more coming this year. But it just depends, you know, how many guys go out too, right? That, that all comes into play. Um, but, but they try to keep, you know, recruit guys out of high school and keep them four years is, is always a goal here, which which I love. It, it adds so much to the culture and, and the brotherhood, for sure. So talk to us about how your season went. Obviously, I mentioned at the top, all American, uh, freshman All-American for the FCS. Talk about how or what led to you having such a successful season and any possible goals that you might have for your sophomore campaign. Yeah, um, uh, I started off real hot, honestly. Going, uh, coming out of summer, going into fall camp. I mean, we we do these like pressure situations at the end of the practice where you know it's it's on the specialist. It's kind of our time to shine. You know, is uh, it's one field goal or one kickoff or, or a punt or you know something. Uh, and if if you don't hit it, then the whole team has to do like nothing crazy. It's ten up downs, but I mean, at the end of a hot practice, no one wants to do ten up downs, right? So. There's some pressure there, uh, or at least that's what they're trying to create. 
Um, and I started off like seven for seven, you know, like week after week, just knocking them down. And, and really, it was great just building confidence, uh, not only in me, because I, I had the confidence in myself, but in, the, in, the, in my teammates is, was the big thing there. Um, is getting them to, you know, have my uh, – I wanted their trust going into the season, right? So um, that was huge and contributed a lot to my, like, early success. Uh, you know, in the Gardner Web game was two for two and, and just had a, a solid uh, debut there uh, in uh, FCS play. And then, um, actually, there was, a, there was a week or two there, uh, like, we played NC Central, and I missed I – mean, I think it was my first missed field goal, and, um, and I was having some technique issues, like just I mean, mid season, it's not, not a good thing. Right. So, uh, there was a week or two there where I was not kicking well, honestly, in practice or, uh, in the games. And I got away with a few field goals in the games for sure. Um, but so, but then I picked it back up, you know, I figured some stuff out and finished strong. Uh, I think I finished the season, um, whatever, like six or six or something, uh, in the last, uh, three or four games. So, uh, that was a good way to finish. And, uh, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes in there. Like, uh, mentally was, was the biggest thing, uh, just stepping out there and just building that confidence in myself. You know, it's my first time as a freshman, honestly, out there. Um, but that you just can't look at it that way. You know, I mean, that's everyone's mentality. That's, that's the difference between freshman All-American and, uh, and, and just, you know, a freshman year, honestly, is, is how do you see yourself out there? You know, you can look at yourself as a freshman, you know, I'm a beginner. I'm not expected to go out there and, and be the best, or you can say, you know, fuck that. I get, I only get, you know, one shot at a freshman year. I'm going to go do the absolute best I can. And so um, there's a lot of stuff that went into that as far as morning routines and, and just really uh, get myself into the same mindset every day, honestly, uh, reading, you know, a set of affirmations for myself, but affirmations on, uh, you know, who I want to be as a football player and all the things I'm learning from the game itself. Um all that was really big uh, and just, and just taking it with, with a, a grain of salt at the same time. Uh, you know, it's, it's never that big a deal. You know, it's, it's a game, right. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to go get the result. I'm going to go get, and I'm going to put everything I can to get the best result possible. So um, just a lot of that stuff. Most important, uh, most impressive part is this was also your first season where you were fully committed to football. And right. I, so was that a challenge for you? Just, or maybe easier in a way, just solely focusing yeah. on football? Um, I mean, there's two different parts to it. You know, at the same time, like the soccer, uh, you know, back in high school, there was, there were some injuries that came along with that and, like, you know, some soreness and, and some, some fatigue, right? And, like, you know, I'm playing a soccer game Thursday night at 7 o'clock and then I got to go play a football game the next day, right, and, and kick 100 balls. So, uh, you know, th there's some, some of that stuff too, like that, that made it easier. At the same time, I'm kicking way more every day, which I'm not used to. That definitely took a toll on the leg. Um, and then also there's more to think about, right? You're watching more film and just putting a lot more thought into the game, which can be productive, but it can also be as a kicker. I mean, you can only do so much, you know. Um, it can be counterproductive for sure. So uh, th there's, a, there's a balance to be had there. But I will say I, th I think it was – it's just a different experience really, while, you know, playing soccer versus not doing it at the same time uh just really i mean this is this is my my thing now so uh that's kind of the the transition that was made this year you talked about as part of what you work on in practice is getting put in these high pressure situations and practicing certain scenarios like that 
So something that we've talked about here uh, on the show before, when we talk about the NFL is, you know, when kickers miss kicks during big games and, you know, the reaction from that and, you know, how that spills into their outlook for the whole season and how everyone else perceives it. So I'm curious to see what you think on this. You know, let's say you have a guy like Justin Tucker, arguably one of the best kickers in the game, could be one of the best kickers of all time. Let's just say he's on a hot streak and he suddenly misses a huge kick in a big game and that's kind of what will hang over him the rest of the season. Do you think because these are the only stats and this is the only time that he's out there playing, do you think it's unfair that he's getting ridiculed for this one kick when you look at what he's done the rest of the season? Or do you kind of say, well, that's just how it goes for a kicker because every time you're coming into the game or a lot of the time, it is these high pressure situations and that's what you got to be prepared for either way. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, with a guy like Justin Tucker, he's kind of established his greatness. Right. Um, And so, I mean, I don't see, honestly, if he misses one big kick, I don't see anyone hanging that over his head too crazy. Um, I mean, if he has like a few bad games, I could see that maybe having an impact, but. um, Or I'll, Instead of Justin Tucker, I just look at like the Bills kicker or the Packers kicker. Yeah. And those games where those actually like saw the Packers kicker, the wind affected that. And it looked like a great kick, but then the wind blew that wide left or um, the Packers kicker just shanked it and seems like the, the fan bases are just so mad at those kickers so i just want to use those also as possibly an example right 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 so um i mean with those guys you know the it, same thing it's like you're ending the season there it's not like a whole lot to bounce back off of right i mean uh the goal there is just get the spot next season and, and show you know show what you can do but i mean there's two mentalities there though like if, uh, a good example here i think is jake moody and what he did in the playoffs um I don't know his exact stats or exact, you know, when he missed field goals, but I know he didn't have a great postseason, uh, or he hasn't. And, uh, I mean, the 49ers, they've gotten through for sure. Uh, But, I mean, he's missed some big big kicks there, you know. And uh, I I think just his mentality there is maybe in question. Um, You know, it's just there's two different ways that he can go about that, right? Like, uh, you can uh, take what the outside world is is saying and and whatever. You're going to get those hate comments. You're going to get a bunch of – whatever bullshit. I mean, that's, that's just how the world is, you know, but I mean, are you going to take that to heart or are you going to focus on what's important? Are you going to focus on you and, and remember like where you come from and, and what you're about and, and uh, what you believe for yourself. Right. So, I mean, if, if your perception of yourself is based off of what other people tell you when you miss kicks, then you'll never be a good kicker. But if, if your perception of yourself um, is solely based on what you want to accomplish and, and how you feel about, uh, you know, your talent and, uh, and your, your own mindset, that's, that will take you uh, much farther for sure. I'm trying to think, uh, one more question I got for you. Um, well, I guess just kind of like we to wrap things up. Oh, sorry. I'm like joking. It's, no, uh, What's like spring camp looking like right now and like this off season and like, what do you have in store and kind of um, to get back into, you know, cause like right now it's, it, I see like, is it kind of like off season, like lifts and stuff like that. And then um, 
you know, do you guys have like a week of spring ball? And then like, so well, yeah, what's, what's the schedule looking like for now this start? And, and it, it's funny when they say off season, because it's not an off season. Like you're, you're probably grinding harder now than you are during the, if you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're probably grinding right, yeah. harder now than you are in the regular season. It's just a different schedule. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, in season, uh, it's a little different if you're an O-lineman, you know, but, uh, I mean, in-season is, is the easiest time of the year as far as workload. Um, for, like, physically, it's probably the easiest time of the year for maybe a, a specialist, you know. Uh, I mean, you're, you're lifting a whole lot less, uh, and you're really just practicing. Um, and those practices can get long, and you're kicking a lot of balls, but it, it's not the same as – you know, getting up at, at it, not at the 8 a.m. super early, but you're, you're getting up and, and lifting and, and putting up major, going to failure, uh, you know, two sets, you know, like it, it's, it's numbers that are getting put up in that weight room. And uh, there's, there's a lot of work uh, that goes on in there for sure. So uh, right now going into spring ball, um, they've kind of changed up the program a little bit from last year. I won't go too deep into that, but um, really just getting into same thing, just just pushing it a little harder in the weight room, and, and we have honestly one of the best there is there in there with Coach Demarco. Um, he really he really knows what he's doing as far as you know designing cards and and long term development as far as strength and, and athletic ability. Um, so going into spring, uh, I feel pretty good. I, I mean, I feel great honestly. Uh, I'm actually coming off a minor injury uh, in the quad. Uh, I just kind of strained it a few weeks ago and haven't been able to kick a whole lot. And, haven't been able to hit too much, uh, you know, leg, uh, leg workouts either, but, um, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm coming off that probably this week, uh, maybe next week. Uh, I'll be, I'll be full go and a little, a little closer, much closer. I mean, obviously I wouldn't want any time off, but, uh, um, it's a little close as far as like, you know, I'll get off and then I'll get back into it and maybe have a week or two before spring ball starts. So that's, I mean, I, that's not ideal, but I know I'll be fine. You know, I've, I've got some, uh, some good techniques and stuff. So, uh, feeling good though. It's gonna be gonna be a great spring. Well, nice. Um, yeah. Maybe just one last little follow up. Um, yep. Is there like uh, I see a lot of these new schools are like introducing like new like kind of like technology to help with the strength training. It's not like just a typical like you know everyone's just trying to like bench press. You know like two something or three something it's just like now yeah. there's like different with the you know newer technology like do you guys have any newer technology that's pretty unique to that helps you know not only like strengthen you guys but also helps with technique and form that can help you with lifting but also playing the sport um you know especially at the division one level where you have a lot more resources than say a division three school would have right right, right. Um, so as far as the technology goes, I mean, there's not a whole lot of changes they made in there with the weight room. I mean, we have a great weight room, uh, but it's, it's pretty standard stuff, you know, racks and, and we've got cables and, and a lot of great stuff in there. Um, uh, but nothing like, I wouldn't say there's any cutting edge technology, but I will say coach DeMarco, um, and, and this is funny when they recruit me, like they were telling me like, oh, we got the best. We got like coach DeMarco is, is truly one of the best in college football as far as the strength trainer goes. And I was like, I mean, I, I I get it. Like you're advocating for your own guy, but yeah, right. At Elon, I mean, I bet Alabama has a better strength coach, but honestly, it's it's not the case. And and Coach Demarco will, I mean, have a lot of coaches come in from FBS and and in big schools that are coming in to watch what we do, uh, because I mean, he has he has a reputation there, and, and he truly is is one of the best there. Um, so I, as far as technology goes, I'll say it's not exactly technology, but it's cutting edge movements. 
um, and cutting edge concepts in the weight room as far as like uh, just little things like ankle mobility and uh, and we do a lot of neck strengthening like you know for the guys and, and that, that prevents a lot of concussions and stuff and just a lot of injury, injury prevention stuff that's built into our lifts um, and truly helps I mean with injuries and, and just a lot of things that really just establish uh, more athletic ability and things like flexibility as, as opposed to just strength and you know getting big strong you know what I'm saying so uh, a little less meathead a little more uh, you know a little smart working smarter a little bit there well you might have to send coach Marcos number to me because I'm trying to I might need a little more flexibility and stuff you know? <laughs> I'm trying to hit the oh, yeah. gym but I think I need I need a little advice so yeah that's the man to talk to for sure Jack before we let you go so thank you first for joining us. Of course, but yeah, yeah. Any, thank you for having me. Of course. Any personal goals, any team goals for the upcoming off-season, upcoming season? Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, the team, I, I mean, we're, we're truly looking good, honestly. Uh, we're, we're returning our starting quarterback and a lot of guys on defense. Um, and as a developmental program, we had a great defense last year. And a lot of those guys are coming back. I mean, I'm talking like juniors. We're going to have two more years. You know, it's it's looking great there. Um, and offense, we got a lot of big guys uh, stepping up as, in the receiver core. Um, you know, we graduated a lot of guys last year. Um, but we got – I mean, we're as a developmental program, we have guys ready and, and set up to step up in those spots. And, uh, and it, it is some, some talent that's going to be shown next year for sure. So, I mean, the conference championship is, is ours uh, – it, it, it's ours to uh to give away you know so uh that's how we look at it and, and it's ours to go take and um and same thing to get get deep there in the playoffs and, and make a run for a national championship i think that's very much in play this year um it's just a matter of what we do now right so how we prepare how we prepare um and uh you know success is just a result of work that was done in the past and, and uh, i think that's that's what we're focused on now and then me personally, um, I'm just going to, I'm looking to go out and take it one kick at a time. You know, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'd love to go out and, and uh, make a run uh, and, and expand my role a little bit, you know, get into some kickoffs. Um, and then obviously uh, extend my range, you know, make sure they trust me from, from 50 plus. So uh, maybe get some big field goals in there next year and pad the stats a little bit. I'd love to get uh, at least – I mean, it's not up to me, you know, I, I, I'm going to make whatever I can take. Right. But, uh, you know, if we get in the red, that red zone a little more, we'll, uh, maybe get 20 plus field goals. That'd be, that'd be great. And, uh, I mean, yeah. And then that will take care of all the, you know, all American, all the accolades, all that stuff will take care of itself. Just one kick at a time. That's all I can do. What is your career long? I'm, I'm just, I do want to know that. Yeah. Uh, so this year, uh, longest we kicked this year was 44. We actually didn't, uh, we actually never got any opportunities there between like, it was either, you know, 53 or 50, I think 53 was like, I wanted to kick that, you know, but I mean, it wasn't really necessary when we, when we got that, um, when we got that opportunity. So like, that was kind of the, the only one, uh, oh shit. Okay. My fault. Um, so yeah, 44 is my long this year. Um, and we, unfortunately, we never got any like great, great opportunities to kick much longer than that. Hey, that's so impressive. I don't think I could make 15 if I wanted to. So <laughs> I bet you could, man. 
it's just a it's just a matter of doing it with the snap hole of the kick and, and then the guys running at you, right? I'm probably gonna stub my foot before I even <laughs> falling in the air. So right. <laughs> Jack, I, I thank you again for coming on. This was a blast having you on. Great interview. Learned a lot about you, and we can't wait to see how you continue to grow as a football player, both on and off the field next year for Elon. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, Josh. And, Thank you, Jack. Uh, Take yeah. care. Jack, root for Elon this season. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. What's it, what's, it, what's Elon's mascot? I, I, what's her mascot together? Uh, the Phoenix. Phoenix. The, Phoenix. the rising, right. rising Phoenix, yep. All right, go Phoenix. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you. See you, Jack. Thank you. That was Jack Berkowitz, the star kicker, freshman kicker for Elon. Another great interview, boys. Another great interview. Really was full circle. I mean, and and it's crazy. He he is like a carbon copy of of his brother. Like they're really got the same feel. Uh, great great interview though, and real really am rooting for him next season. I definitely Elon's one of those schools I gotta keep my eye on now. I had promise I tell you that that uh the Berkowitz they got some good uh, athletic genes huh? Unreal genes. I wish I had like a tenth of some of their athletic genes. Um, Come on, you, you didn't play uh you didn't play D one basketball at Hartford? <laughs> hey, we all know that's not true and and not exist anymore. Oh, he um, played intramurals. It's true. He was. The, I I, I got to give him credit. He was the MVP for our IFC tourney team. He he had that consistent stat, stat line, so we'll, that that's where he gets the credit. We'll get you a plaque. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. But one big thing that I I really liked hearing is just the consistency and how he, like when it came to his recruiting process, he realized that there, how can he stand out, and by instead of doing these big impressive kicks from 58 60 yards which are really good he focused on uh going 20 for 20 between 40 45 yards and i think that's more impressive you want a kicker who you could trust who's going to be accurate when the game when a game is close and you need those three points and we pointed out his stat line from this year 80 percent from uh from field goal 94 percent from extra point and that's and nothing to sweat at. That's pretty impressive for a rookie. Absolutely. And the the thing that's most impressive to me is the fact of when he really started to pick up football and then taking a D1 opportunity. And you can just tell, like, sure, he admitted his ups and downs and admitted the struggles, which is totally normal. But just the confidence level and the mentality that he's talking about at such a young point in his college career, he really not only fits the mold with the school from what it sounds like in the program at Elon, but he's, he, he fits the mold for, for a college D one kicker and truly excited to see what the future holds for your cousin. Yeah, I could definitely, uh, He's made of the right stuff. I could definitely see him having a future kicking past Elon. You know, uh, is it Elon or Elon? Elon. 
Elon, it's Elon right. Musk versus yeah. Yeah, uh, like Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> no, but it'll, right. it'll it'll be cool whether after his sophomore year going into his junior year or going into his senior year, whether he like you had asked him about the transfer portal, maybe that is an option for him to transfer up into a bigger school. Or maybe that's sticking out with Elon and then trying to make a career on a professional level. And listen, this guy, some of these guys definitely the limit for him, that's for sure. And plus, I mean, there's there's skilled guys, you know, from that play big time positions that made big time plays in the NFL and had good careers that didn't go to big time schools, you know. And um, I think Elon's a big enough school to where like people know what it is, um, especially at the FCS level. So even if he stays there all four years, like um, the NFL, if you got talent, the scouts will find you, you know. FCS, I mean, granted, he's not a star anymore, but. Carson Wentz was drafted number two. He was an FCF star. Exactly. At quarterback. At quarterback. Drafted number two overall. Granted, he wasn't the first quarterback taken because I was Jared Goff. But still, FCS, there's plenty of talent every single year. Who knows if that is an option? He's still only a freshman. So there's plenty of time for him to grow and continue to develop his game. Exactly. So I know I'm I'm excited for him, rooting for him. Um, and you know, hopefully maybe, you know. When we have him on again in the future, he'll be continuing this and getting drafted, and uh, you know maybe he'll sign with David Canner, and then we'll really have a good show. That would be, I guess, full circle because that would combine all of our different guests <laughs> for one episode. But um, switching gears a little bit from the kicking uh, side of things because there were no real kicking drama in the NFL in the championship weekend. How do we, how do we want to start this boys? Which game should we uh, lead off with? I guess uh, Castle's eager to talk about some Taylor Swift just based on the way he's uh, jumping at the bit here. So I guess we'll talk some chiefs and the Ravens castle. I, I think we all kind of had this little suspicion that the chiefs would win. We are all, hopeful and optimistic that it would be the Ravens, but it seems like the chiefs will always be the chiefs, but the way that they kind of controlled and dominated that game and shut out Lamar in that run game. I don't think any of us saw coming. So was that probably your biggest takeaway from, uh, from that game or was there something else that really uh, took you by surprise? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I know that, He's been given a lot of credit after this game, and I'm giving him credit again. It's Spags, man. I mean, what a phenomenal job he did against an MVP-caliber quarterback. There was pressure when there needed to be. Totally, totally stopped the run game. I mean, this is a Ravens team that was just so explosive, and they just... They, they put up – it was a total of 10 points they put up the whole game. 10 points. The offense put up seven points. And it was and it was that Zay Flowers touchdown, which granted was a great play, but I mean – I think that was the first drive, right? First or second drive, yeah. It was very early second on. Second drive, the, yes. But no run game. I mean, the only time I saw him really feeding a receiver – was Zay Flowers. Mark Andrews maybe had a couple of catches, but nothing big. 
OBJ was missing. Bateman didn't do anything. I mean, this offense was just entirely lackluster. And I just don't really know, like, yeah, I give the Chiefs a lot of credit. I really do. I give their defense a lot of credit. Mahomes, I mean, he's Mahomes. That's why when we did our predictions last week, that's why I was riding with the Chiefs. That's why I took the Chiefs money line. Like, that that was just where my gut feeling was at. But my biggest takeaway from this game is where do you put Lamar in the quarterback conversation going forward? Because this was his chance to take the Ravens to the Super Bowl, and he could only put up one touchdown. And now, granted, some of it wasn't his fault. Like that taunting play by Zay Flowers, that I, I hope he learns from that because that did cost them some yards. And then so, the f- and then the fumble, like a play after, which yep. which he had a touchdown that was overturned, that was ruled fumble. So that gave the Chiefs the ball and wiped off six points. Yeah, that was a big momentum play too. So like some of it wasn't his fault, but my biggest takeaway is wh- how do you look at Lamar Jackson going forward? Because like like I previously said, like we all know, like every football fan knows, he's in the MVP conversation. And you look at the contract he just negotiated for himself the season he had leading up to it. And this is the game that he loses against a Chiefs team that was in the middle of the pack. None of us had a really good feeling about them going into the playoffs. So that that that's what my biggest question is. How do you look at Lamar Jackson in that conversation? Now, the one other thing I want to say, and this is where you and Stevie will, will um, harp in is, how how do you look at the OC too? I know it's his first year and everything, but this is a guy who came from Georgia and what he was, they were offensive coordinator last year. So it's like, yeah, Georgia was a, you know, a top team and everything, but also they played TCU and the championship and totally spanked them. So he was probably getting creative with, with freshmen and was just having fun out there. But anyways, I'm, I'm getting off topic. So that's my biggest takeaway is how does everyone else look at Lamar Jackson in the, in the quarterback rankings going forward? I'll just say, um, I mean, he's still a top quarterback. You can't deny that. But I just think that this game, the Chiefs Ravens game proved that you, you need great coaching, great quarterback play and a great defense. Like you need at least one out of the three. And we had the more the merrier, and just the Chiefs pretty much have three. They have all three. I mean, Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach, tremendous. Patrick Mahomes is going going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, definitely the top quarterback in the league. And he already is Hall of Fame. I mean, frankly, you you got to put him. I mean, even more so if they win. But he oh. he he's up there with Brady for what for what he did, especially with this playoff run. And with the lack of offense they had. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, you're good. You know, and then and then the defense. The defense has been the defense has been their saving grace this season because there was times when the offense was not clicking and the defense just came up big. So um so it just shows you that. And another like thing I noticed too, and this is is more of a joke, but 
some of the best quarterbacks to win Super Bowls or some of the most like, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, if you look at them, they all got dad bods. I don't know if you guys seen that picture of Patrick Mahomes. That man's looking like me out there. I was like, whoa, I know that body type. So, and then we've all seen the picture of Eli at the beach. I've seen that body before, kind of like my body type. And Tom Brady, same thing. I mean, these guys together have, you know, over double digit Super Bowl wins. So, like, you know, you know, look, I'm sure, you know, like some of these other quarterbacks might be in really good shape, and maybe it's a dad bod that you need. So that's what I'm saying with that. But, anyways, if you have great coaching, great quarterback play, and a great defense, and if you have, you know, if you have all three, you're set on the 49ers. You know, I'm not going to say they have great quarterback play because I'm not going to say Brock Purdy's bad, but I'm not going to, he's definitely not the level Mahomes is. Um, he just is a solid, consistent player. Um, but Shanahan's a great coach and they have a great defense, you know. Um, so that's why they keep continuing to win. So, um, but it really does show you can have, you can have all the best. Look at like a guy like the team like the Vikings. You know they have some of the best offensive playmakers. You know they had Justin Jefferson. They've had Dalvin Cook together with him. They've had Adam Thielen. Now they have Jordan Addison. You know their line's been good, but. You know, in the past, the coaching was decent. You know, I like uh, Kevin O'Connell, uh, but their defense has been horrible, you know. And then the quarterback play, you know, Kirk Cousins is like, sometimes when it matters, he chokes, you know. So it's like, they have always had great teams in the regular season, but when it comes time to crunch time, you see what you need, and that's why the Chiefs continue to keep winning. Um, That's why the 49ers continue to keep winning, and they will continue to keep winning until... Either like Andy Reid retires or Patrick Mahomes retires because he's not going anywhere. So pretty much the Chiefs are pretty much set, you know, until some major change happens over there. Um so yeah, but it's impressive what the Chiefs are doing. I mean, they're 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 in a dynasty right in front of their eyes. You know, we we saw New England's for twenty years. Kansas City now, this is like close to be you know, it's gonna be close to ten years of you know, it's more so, I think they made, what, four out of the past five or four out of the past six. So we're at that five. We're sort of like a little halfway through until almost a 10-year dynasty. And there's no reason why they can't keep, you know, all right, Kelsey's getting up there in age. Reed, you know, how many years does Reed have? So maybe it won't last as long. It's not, it wasn't built to last as long as the Patriots did. But at the same time, though, what they've accomplished, you can't, you can't knock. And, um... So yeah, so so it's impressive. It's just it's annoying because obviously it's like uh the Chiefs again, you know, I would rather watch the Ravens, but that's just me, but the the Chiefs deserve it. They they're they're coming out, they're winning these games and um you just you can never and the fact that Mahomes they continue to have him as an underdog is just is just unbelievable to me. Um and All right. you know I, I I I'm just cutting you off there because that's more and I wanted to talk about because we have all next week to talk about the Super Bowl and the two teams in the Super Bowl. I was not no, really well, I was just, so I was just I'm saying. cutting you off. I want to move to TJ now. Thank yeah, you for all of that. Say that we'll bottle we'll bottle bottle that up and get back to you, it. You next enjoyed week. the dead body conversation, did you? Thank you. So ne- so TJ, before Stevie got all Stevie. He did make some good points, and I kind of want to shift back to the Ravens a bit. Lamar Jackson, 
actually this was Castle. Lamar Jackson, where does he really fit in? But also, what does this say about uh, John Harbaugh? Do you think coaching might be an issue there? Because Lamar Jackson, in his playoff record, in his playoff career, he's two and four. So obviously he lost this past weekend at home in the AFC Championship, but he's not been able to get over that hump. He's not been in the Super Bowl, and this seemed like this was the perfect year. He had the best defense. His offense was loaded. They brought in the weapons for him, and he just could not get it done. So would you say this falls more on coaching, or would you say this is a Lamar Jackson problem? Um, I, I, I think it could be a little bit of both. Um, what shocked me in like both both games had very questionable coaching decisions. Uh, more uh, with the Ravens, they ran the ball what six times in the first half. They had the best, if not one of the top, run offenses all season long. You're gonna tell me you're only gonna run the ball six times, I, and that's that falls on Harbaugh and the OC thinking they can just throw the ball down the Chiefs' throat when teams haven't been able to do that most of the season. Now, I I don't know if it's... You really can't put a lot... like You can put some of the blame on Lamar, obviously. There's there are some questionable questionable throws he made trying to force, force balls down the field. That interception to end the game... I feel like he could have, even though likely threw his hand up, Lamar should have seen that it was a soon-to-be triple coverage. I feel like there could have been other options available. Dump it out, dump it out wide, something for some sort of chunk yardage. Um, now is that is that on is that on Lamar? Hundred percent. It, it's a forced throw. It's an error that a guy of his caliber shouldn't be making. And like, you see the same thing with Josh Allen trying to make plays with his arm and it just turns into a third down punt. I I feel like there's a lot of things that Lamar still has to work on, but I feel it's more so. Ooh, excuse me. More so on on Harbaugh and the coaching for, for calling just kind of a questionable game to, to be real honest, the base, especially based on how the season went, they dominated every team they played and they essentially surrendered to the chiefs right off the get-go. Agreed. And you put it, you said it a lot better than I could. So, I, I don't really know who is to blame more, I guess, Lamar, because it was him making those decisions like the interception where he had where likely threw up his hands and he threw it into triple coverage. I guess I don't think firing Harbaugh should happen. I, I say give it one more year and then reevaluate it. You get the same results next year then I think they got a serious problem in Baltimore and we'll have to reevaluate the coaching decisions. Speaking of coaching decisions, Mr. Castle, the topic all week 
has been about MCDC, Motor City, Motor City Dan Campbell, and his aggressiveness, uber aggressiveness to go for it on fourth down instead of taking the points when he can. So very fitting that we had Jack on a exceptional kicker and MCDC's not use of a kicker possibly costing them the NFC championship game. They had a comfortable lead, then still slowly started to slip away. 49ers took the uh tied the game and took the lead. The Lions had a chance to tie the game with three minutes left or four minutes left. And he decides to go for it on fourth and three and turns the ball over. And all week the con- the top the conversations have been what was he thinking? Was this the right call? Was it a boneheaded move? So, Castle, I'm going to ask you, right? What do you uh, think for about uh, his decision to not kick the field goal? I think you have to look at the Lions' season as a whole, and you have to say what was one of their big specialties. What was one of their big things that got them to where they are? And it was Dan Campbell's aggressive play calling and decision-making, which included going for it on fourth down. So, sure, they could have taken the points. That would have been the safe approach. But that's not who he is. That's not who this team is. So, why is he going to be knocked for going with his coaching style that got them there to begin with? Because look at it this way, right? Let's say he makes every fourth down conversion and we're talking about the Lions winning and going to the Super Bowl. Everyone would say Dan Campbell is a genius. No other coach is like him, so on and so forth. So as painful as it was for me to watch and as much as I wanted the Lions to make it more than any of the four teams left, you can't knock him for that. You, you just can't because then you're not believing in what he's done as head coach. And and if you don't believe what he's done as head coach, then you, you don't know football and you don't understand what this organization has gone through. First year as head coach, three, 11 and one second year as head coach finishes the season with the winning record. Doesn't make the playoffs, but I believe their last game of the season they go into Green Bay and knock Green Bay out of the playoffs. And then this year, NF- NFC North champions. So, yes, it was painful to watch, like I said, but it's not a boneheaded move. It's the Dan Campbell way, and I think he's just going to continue to play play that way, and I feel one day it's going to get them to the Super Bowl. Now, one play call I did not agree with, and I understand that they were in fourth down territory, uh, four, four down territory. They were very deep in the red zone. Maybe at the two or the one, it's third down and he runs the ball. I didn't agree with that play. You have to understand what their linebacking situation is like, what their defensive line is like. I think they're a little weak in the secondary. That's a That's a call that I don't agree with, but that's because I've seen a lot of Lions games where They've ran it on third and short, and they've been totally pushed back. That's the separate conversation. All in all, 
I support his his play calling that game and his decision making. Really sucks that that's how the game ended, but I'm very excited to see what what this Lions team is going to do next year, especially retaining Ben Johnson. Huge, huge, huge for them. Agreed. That that was definitely. I think that's how I feel about it as well. Um, and it seems like all the players agreed and they were very grateful that Dan Campbell had uh put put his trust in the players and because as players you want your coach to believe in you and let them decide the outcome instead of you know kicking the field goal and letting the 49ers possibly drive down the field and win the game on a game-winning field goal or something like that so ultimately it it bit them in the butt and that's how their season ends but i guess they're okay with that result because it's at the result of them playing their their style of football. So I just want to thank Jack Berkowitz again for joining uh, the show. It was a very, very good interview. We learned a lot about him. We're excited to see how his journey will continue because this will wrap up our episode this week. DJ. Thank you, as always. You're doing a great job with the Instagram. Uh, so make sure you guys check out that at the 3P Podcast. And, yeah, have a have a good evening. And come back next week for next week's episode.